I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Dallas Card Show, NFL midseason. We'll get into that. What's going on in the NFL with who's playing well, who's not playing well, and how that's affecting their card values. Then we've got something to talk about with a BGS case issue. If you saw that on social media recently, with possibly some fake BGS cases out there and what that means. Also on this week's episode, we sit down with Buster, creator of Hoops Nation and host of The Buster Show. And then we'll get into the latest launch. So want to start it off by pointing out to Tyler that Penn State is now 0-4. So my, my joke from last week is still relevant. I'm devastated. I don't even know where to go from here. We, I mean, 0-4. It's just not acceptable. I don't know what to do. I'm devastated. It makes me want to cry. From Hackenberg being the biggest bust ever for the Jets to us finally having a chance at being successful to and us as Penn State football to us now being 0-4, coach on the hot seat, no idea who our next quarterback is, Went from having three top three running back recruits in the country on our team to now having none. It's a mess. But but switch that up. And I would love to. Uh, I was I was literally about to call you Owen because I looked at <laughs> on video you have your name as Owen Four. Uh, Rye, you were down in Dallas at the Dallas Card Show, which appropriately named is actually just Dallas Card Show. I went to look it up of like, is there an actual name of the show? But it's called Dallas Card Show. Uh, how was it? How was it? It was packed. Uh, it, it, if the Dallas Card Show is any sign of what the national would be, if anything lightens up with COVID and we're able to have that next year, it it will be crazy because it was non-stop buy sell and trade for for three days um really so when did you get in there we you got in on what like a thursday it was like a thursday yeah, or sunday yeah or? we flew out late thursday night got into dallas uh, right around eight o'clock local time and uh there was like a, a trade night for like dealers on thursday from like six to nine is my understanding we didn't go to that we got in so late um not one of your favorite uh, famous trade shows. Right? <laughs> no, not one of my famous your favorite famous trade, nights. trade nights. Um, no, um, so got in late there. Couldn't really do a whole lot, and then it was basically Friday at eight thirty nine a.m. Like nine nine a.m. Friday is the longest day because dealers can mm-hmm. set up at like eight or eight thirty, and the show doesn't end till eight. So we were there mm-hmm. Friday, like right around nine a.m., and we didn't leave till after eight thirty. So it was a it was a long day Friday. And then, you know, Saturday, most of the day, and then Sunday, everybody's was pretty much out of there early. So Sunday was a little bit of a waste, but Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday, it was, it was hacked. And I think 
I texted you guys about this, but one thing I uh, really noticed from there is just there were a lot of like big, big names there. Um, you know, obviously Lee Hart was there, took a picture with, with, mm-hmm. with Lee, our guy who we interviewed yep. earlier on, on the podcast. Um, Steve Aoki was there walking around, mm-hmm. you know, full, like, uh, he had this like huge gas mask on. It was, it was crazy. Nice. Um, yep. Hannah Stocking was there. Uh, Clay Thompson dated her. She's like from like TikTok or Vine or something. Has a huge okay. following. She was there recording content and, uh, our guy Buster was there. Um, yeah, there's just, nice. there's a lot of people. Um, it was where most people did most people fly in. I, I would assume so. Um, okay. a lot of the, you know, big time dealers I know from across the country, people I'm friends with aren't local mm-hmm. and they were there. Um, what was the hottest card? Really close, but Trey or Luca. Base PSA Yeah, pr- prism color graded. Prism color yeah, graded. Got from it. silver all the way up. And in that scenario, like what Luca Trey over the course of the weekend, was there much much price fluctuation? Did you sell many of those? I think, or or was it mainly just like people coming up to the table and asking? Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit of both. Definitely people asking, "Hey, do you have any Trey? Hey, do you have any Luca? Um, any of the Luca I brought, I did not come home with. It all moved, Got all it. of it. Yeah." Uh, I uh-huh. didn't bring a lot of tray. I don't have a ton, and I kept most of what I have. But I didn't bring a lot. But anything I had of, of Luca was gone. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of like fluctuating, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of like the prices go up day by day because there's still other options available on eBay. But that was definitely definitely what people wanted. And comparatively to the national house size, like you're saying, it was. It was going like it was busy. There was energy. There was pulse. Four hundred tables, I think, is what is what it they have. says. Four hundred. I would be amazed if it's not six hundred tables. It this whole really? room was full. And how big is that compared to the space that was in Chicago at National two years ago? Well, I'm fairly confident the space requirement to host a national convention is five hundred thousand continuous square feet. So it's so so more it, than it's big. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking at a, a fourth, a fifth of this, sixth of the size of the national. I mean, the big thing I saw is like wh- there was a ton of dealers, and it was nonstop people at the table, and that's the big thing I yeah. took away is like for the space they had, it was full all day Friday and all day Saturday. Hell yeah! And so Luca Trey, so basketball was like. The thing. The thing. That was going on. And that was for sure the thing. Um, did lots of trades on other basketball, other football. I don't do a lot of baseball, so I don't necessarily know how, how popular that was or wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will I will say I got a lot of questions about Pokemon. A lot. Really? A lot of people had questions about Pokemon. Like, hey, do you have any of this? Do you have any graded Pokemon? Um, there was a, There were a lot of people with Pokemon. Um, obviously not, you know, every table, but yeah. Yeah. And when you say Pokemon, uh, you know, it's funny because whenever I think about Pokemon, I'm like first edition, you know, PSA nine, PSA 10. Was there a lot of modern combo, modern Pokemon? Like people looking for 
Sword and Shield Champions Path. There what were have people you. with uh, like Hidden Fates tins for sale, uh, Champions mm-hmm. Path Elite Trainer boxes for sale, uh, Vivid Voltage booster boxes and trainer boxes, that kind of stuff. But most of the single market, uh, you're looking at like the Shining or Rainbow V Max Charizards from uh, Champions Path or like a Darkness Ablaze. I saw Darkness Ablaze. But there were like multiple dealers set up that carried a lot of Pokemon. And again, from a year ago, that wasn't the case. That you didn't yeah, see. Yeah, I that. mean, at National, it, so National 2018, that was, right? National? It was 19. Or was that 2019? 2019. National 2019? Yep. I mean, there was no Pokemon there. Yep. There were multiple people that was all they carried was Pokemon. Multiple. There wasn't that many people at the National that carried Pokemon. I love it. I think that's a no, good No, no, I was just going to say, Lou, go I think that's. One, a sign of the times of newer dealers who are focusing on that type of stuff. Secondarily, I think that's also, there's still a lot of heat on Pokemon from the last few months. So I think that's where a lot of that energy comes from as well. Yeah, and I think also uh, the melding of probably like comic hobbyists and, um, you know, trading card game, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I feel like maybe 24 months ago, they didn't, there wasn't much overlap in terms of the conversations, a Luca and a Pikachu. Whereas I think now it's maybe becoming a little bit more all encompassing, but I think that's a good sign because it's, uh, it's inclusive. You know, I think whereas like the Pokemon hobby, maybe it, it back in the day was uh, guarded or kept out. They didn't see across the aisle with someone that was buying and selling sports cards. I bet. Yeah. I, Maybe the sports card people wouldn't bat an eye being like, nah, that's not for me. But then, of course, the opportunity and money that came into play has now kind of melded the worlds together in some capacity, which I think is exciting for the overall hobby. Yeah, it was it was definitely good to see. There was uh, a decent amount of soccer. Soccer and Pokemon are probably comparable, but um, nice. I mean, there, were, there were multiple first edition Shadowless Charizards in the room. Multiple. Sheesh. I mean, there was a BGS 9 there. How about how about NFL? I think that's a good conversation. I was watching last night. That Bills Cardinals game was pretty insane. And then Kyler MVP combo. How about NFL? And then I think we should get into a little what's the latest on the streets in the uh, halfway through the NFL season. The big thing I saw at the show with the NFL was people looking for guys they think are underpriced. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were talking about they think Drew Locke is underpriced. A lot of people thought they thought Lamar was underpriced. A lot of different people like that looking for opportunities in football. And again, as we'll talk about in a minute, halfway through the season, some guys have overperformed, some guys have underperformed. So some guys might be a buy right now compared to what they were eight weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you said Locke and Lamar. Any chatter around, you know, I think this this group, or at least I'll I'll join Lou's side and say we were fairly optimistic going into the season about the rise of position players overall. Was there any position play NFL position player chatter happening at the show? Because I that that um, I, I'll say it. I feel like I haven't. I don't feel like it has picked up like we thought it might. Yeah, not not really a whole lot. Um, like you're saying, no DK Metcalf, com- my guy. Yeah, I mean Metcalf was definitely there for sure. Um, there's a lot of like those position guys. They're just not like, you know, if you ask, if you write down what everybody asked for at the show and you write them on a list, they're not even going to scratch the top 
50 of people asked for. Um, you know, it's yeah. not Metcalf. It's not Zeke. It's not McCaffrey. It's not Michael Thomas. It's none of those guys. It's just – it's it's still a quarterback dominant You said market. Drew Locke though. Like people actually are buying my man's cards. Yeah, I had multiple people looking for Locke stuff. Yeah. That's super weird. That's crazy. I don't get that at all. I'm not saying I yeah, was I buying Drew Locke stuff. I'm just saying – I totally get it. You were buying Drew Locke stuff at one point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you buy anybody if you think they have an opportunity. Locke has a lot of weapons. They want Drew Locke to succeed. Uh, it's like unlike the Jets that didn't put any talent around Sam Darnold, at least the, at least Drew Locke has True. talent. That's fair. That's fair. But, uh, 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 Tyler, I mean, another crazy thing is there was a rumor going around that somebody at the show was buying Johnny Manziel. Totally serious. Somebody was buying Johnny Manziel. In the deal with Barstool or something? I couldn't try to find that, you know, why, you know, I think about it, I'm like, hmm, nope, still no idea. Not a guess in the world. So about halfway through the season now with NFL, let's focus in on a little quarterback talk as we're talking about Drew Locke. We're talking about Lamar. Lamar L in the reign of the Patriots yesterday. Um, what uh, what are some quarterbacks that interest you, Lou? What what where's your head at on the quarterback card market? Um, and uh, Kyler, for example, uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, I think both have cooled off since that first kind of explosion. Russell Wilson did not look great this past weekend. Yeah, I think you know, I think for all its chatter in the last two weeks about Kyler. And Russell Wilson, all year long, Russell Wilson, Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. Patrick Mahomes has one interception this season. He has, I think, 20-plus touchdowns this year, I want to say, and one interception. He is far and away, and it's not even close, the best quarterback in the league. He's probably the best, not probably, he is the best player in the league by a country mile. And I feel like he's already getting the LeBron treatment. Where it's like, yep. this guy's so great and people don't respect how great it is and they just let it go. The idea that he is not the far away favorite to win another MVP, back to back MVP, or to win an MVP is bananas to me. I don't understand it. Why would you pick Kyler's MVP over, over Patrick Mahomes? Well, the talk is that like if you compare Kyler's numbers to Lamar's numbers last year, he's better in a lot of statistical categories. But Lou, I could not agree more that that is my. I got two little takes in this. One I'll talk about in a sec, but for sure the main take is exactly that. That is spot on. He he does it every week, week in and week out, and we've just become we're already we're numb to, to it. it. That like two three years exactly. In. That, this is how. He, Four four touchdown, three hundred fifty yard passing games are normal. This guy is the best quarterback by a mile, and now the market understands that because that's why his cards sell for what they sell for. Like I had a Lamar field level silver BGS nine five, I think at like seven seven fifty at the show, and I got rid of it. It sold, but like Mahomes is what three four five times that. Like his his prices are much higher than everybody else. And and tw- the 2017 Prism, like 2017 what, what's his Prism. base rookie? Well, all his rookies are from Prism or Silvers. So like a PSA nine does like thirteen hundred, twelve fifty, thirteen hundred bucks for a nine. 
The, the difference is, is mm-hmm. with Lamar, silvers were one per box. Not every card was a silver. So Lamar PSA 10 silvers got as high as like 18 grand because they were much harder to hit and the population was like four. Yeah, and I believe the Lamar cards mm-hmm. in general, Lamar's prison bases were like very tough to get 10s on. A lot of them have yeah, like a scuff you, I remember looking at the beginning of the, the year, left. the gem rate on them was like super low compared to like Sam or Josh Allen or something like that. But the one thing I've I've, I've also taken away from this season, Ty, when you mentioned like quarterbacks, is I'm pretty impressed by the rookies. Like Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. Like Herbert hasn't won games. I know they lost to the Dolphins. And Burrow isn't winning a lot of games, but those guys look good. Like two is three and zero. Oh. Burrow looks really good, but his offensive line is terrible. I've got confidence in Herbert. That's one thing I feel about this class is uh, there's a lot of time left in. in the, it's a long career, but these guys look good. I'm, I've been impressed with the rookie mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, I think Herbert has. I mean, the 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 thing about football and as a as a betting man and talk a lot about. This, I think Russell Wilson over the course of his career, but like fumble luck and close games and how those play out over time and can like dominate a season. I mean, Herbert and his close losses could easily be the other way and he would be exploding in media chatter right now. I think what he's got probably three or four like losses where they had huge leads and maybe have lost by two or three. Yeah. And had like offensive pass interference called back on a game like they're losing last second games. Mm hmm. And then Burrow, I mean, he's putting up numbers. They're still, I mean. Their offensive line is awful. Yeah. Awful. I think he got sacked like nine times in a game. So do you feel, uh, obviously with Prism not being out yet, uh, that box is going to have a huge kind of run up. How do you feel about... uh, about that going into the holiday season, just those rookie those rookie cards. Who who would be your number one card to go after of those rookies? If we're buying to hold it long term, I'm still going Burrow. Buying to flip it in the short term, maybe Tua. Two is winning games at least. I mean, they are at least winning. Mm-hmm. I mean. They, their their division's terrible. That's the advantage. I mean, besides Buffalo, I mean the Patriots and the yeah, they might know, win the division, Jets right? The stink. Dolphins. That's like on the table. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But they're not far back. Kind of they're not. Far I also back think from the this Bills. this little crop, these three guys, is different from in the last few years because it's more experienced starters too. Like Herbert was in college for a while. Burrow obviously had one big year, but he he's mm-hmm. a he was a senior, I believe. And he he's older. Two was a little mm-hmm. bit old. Two, yeah, two wasn't playing for a while, too. So, like, there's more coaches. experience. Right? That, th- that stuff helps. It matters a lot in the NFL. Like, it's nice to have younger quarterbacks. That's, like, what I've hung my hat on with Sam for all this time. But, like, the experience of in-game decision-making in big games in college has a big fact, Has I think, has a big effect on this stuff, too. I think with the lack of preseason, no training, you know, what little to no training camp, like, just so, like, comparatively to a normal year, there's a lot less preparation for the younger guys that they were they would they would normally get, and for them to play how they're playing yeah. so far, that's a pretty good sign for them to be at at where they are now, 
you get what I'm trying to say. Like for what they've gone through, I feel pretty good about how they look. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh rookie of the year prediction plays out. I know I got Herbert. I think uh, Lou has Burrow. Tyler, who did you take? Probably took like some. I don't recall. Probably some ridiculous. I mean, uh, Antonio, you know Gibson or from the Redskins or it was something outrageous. I I got a left field. It was something outrageous. I don't know if Jason or that like he can't be proven wrong on because it was so preposterous that it was like, oh, it was a long shot. It's fine. Like it doesn't actually count. (laughs) Like Dion was it? Was it DeAndre Swift? It was definitely not DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift dropped a uh, touchdown pass in week one that lost me fantasy, and I have no time for that man. Do you remember? He lost the game. Yeah. I mean, he, had, he, like, he was catching it, like, going out hands. of bounds and, like, literally dropped it. They had to beat the Bears. Yeah, they would have won the game. Just, yeah, yeah, but you're, you're, you definitely pick somebody obscure. Probably. That's how I roll in life, you know? True. What led me to buying and selling Pokemon cards. Worked out well. All right, so I wanted to I I wanted to talk about something that ended up on Instagram this weekend that ended up making its way all the way around social media. It was on Instagram, it was on Facebook, it was on Twitter. It was pretty much everywhere. But there's a video that was or video and photos that were released by a, a YouTube or an Instagram account called Card Porn and it basically has pictures of of a Luca a fake Luca BGS 10 silver um where it shows how the bottom is different than a real BGS case so if you look at the photos on this picture again you'd have to go to the account it's just got a big picture of a Luca silver and it's got fake and red text on it but it's uh it shows in the bottom there's like a a decimal missing kind of like a 86 87 Fleer Jordan where one of the keys on how you spot a fake Jordan is there's like a dot between 27.2 on the back mm-hmm. of his card. This is almost identical. The, basically, the bottom of the BGS slab is missing a dot that tells you it's real or not. So he's also got another video up with a Zion, if you look through his videos, um, where it's a Zion BGS 9.5 rookie, and he literally just pulls it apart. Completely fake case. Um I, I know he mentioned something that he was reaching out to BGS about it. I, I don't know the results of that so far, but this this has the potential to be a big deal in, in the hobby. So I just want to kind of get your guys's your guys's take from this. My take is that um, with all the money at play, it's going to keep happening, and just like in the fake shoes, a couple things. The um, percentages of fake to real don't let let's not. Like, yeah, I think what I want the crazy to... like point oh 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 one of things that all of a sudden take up all the conversation of everything is like let's not get crazy there. Oh, I took Jonathan Taylor as rookie of the year. Terrible pick. Um, uh, so let's not get too crazy on that. But I think for buyers to be aware as well as sellers because you might not even you might buy something that's fake and then sell it not even realize that you just sold something that's fake is that uh there you just got to be aware i mean beckett responded to the tweet and pretty much said there's subtle differences 
we're aware of what's going on, but there's subtle differences in what's happening here. So again, double down on making sure even myself, when you're making a purchase or you get excited about it, you get lazy. You don't look up the person's reviews. Um, when you receive a product, re- give it a once over, check it out. If you're really, really spending money in the hobby, you should be willing to do your diligence and homework. And that's not to say it's on you if you buy something that's fake. But if you buy something that's fake uh, and then all signs point to it was fake before, well, that it's not going to change. People are always going to try and scam people. And especially in an unregulated, you're playing in an unregulated market, which is one of the advantages of the whole game. Uh, so you can't then say, oh, blah, 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 woe is me. Meaning you've got to understand that you're playing in some potentially muddy waters and take responsibility for it being in that. And game. You, you said it earlier, but it's so true where when, when you're in a market where things have good value and things are, are worth money, this happens, right? There's, there's fake mm-hmm. Yeezys, there's fake Jordans, there's fake Gucci bags. Like this, totally. this isn't new, right? People are just getting creative and finding different ways to make money scamming people. Like, And what's, what's important to note is that there are a lot of fake Yeezys, but you're not going to buy a pair of fake Yeezys off retail. You're going to buy a fair pick, a pair of fake Yeezys if you're trying to pick up five pairs or get them under retail from someone. If it's too good to be like true, skirt. it probably that's is. That's always the answer. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And that happens a lot of times. I got burned. I got so burned one time buying tickets to a... Uh, to a, uh, I know Rangers this story, game. I think, right? Yeah, I think I know this story. Yep. Yeah. It was too good to be true, man. <laughs> it was too good to be true. And the guy cooked me. And it's like, well, you could have paid face value. So I think that's that's an important thing. But but what's different is that, you know, retail is buying from someone like yourself, Ryan. You know, buying from a reputable source versus someone that has four reviews on eBay and just got into the Luca game. And, and hopefully, uh, I think, hopefully... BGS or these other companies find ways to adapt to this and, you know, continue to improve and find ways to make it harder and harder for people to scam. Yeah. But, but uh, to the original point, like Lou, you reacted a little bit. Let's not have one fake slab take over the conversation and everyone start to think that the whole thing is fake because you can almost kill yourselves from the inside. Right. If the whole hobby starts barking up and saying, oh, my God, we have to handle all this fake, then everyone on the outside's like, what's wrong with these people? I'm not going anywhere near that investment. There's that. And like literally, I mean, we were talking before the show started and the word that was used, I think, was hysteria. And it's like, hey, guys yeah. and girls, it's it's one it fake one. slab. And like, I understand it. Like, I, I understand where that comes from because if it's never happened before and now it's happening, which, by the way, it was happened people before and people probably just never realized it. But, like, if it's the first time it's happening, of course there's going to be some, like, oh, my God, this is a thing. And, like, Beckett's response was kind of, like, not the most direct and helpful. And that's also probably because they're trying to figure it out in real time just like we are. So I'm sure that added to it as well. But I feel like the ultimate takeaway is, like, just try to be smart and and it's where businesses can help and, and sellers can help with authentication services. And um and and I think yeah. there's people already doing that and I'm sure we'll continue to see more of that. But um 
Yeah, like it's it's just something to look out for. Like it's you can't. I, I said to you guys before, like the eight months ago, if I saw a PSA slab, I'd be like, yeah, we're good. Someone hit me up a while ago and was like, what if it's in a fake slab? And I was like, nah. And that was stupid of me to say because it's of course there's going to be fake slabs. It's bound to happen. It's like inevitable, like you guys are saying. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's the internet. It's the and internet it's money, and when there's money to be made, people are going to do it the right way. People are going to do it the wrong way. That's just the way the world works. So. Um, so everybody's got to be smart. Coming up after the break, we'll sit down with Buster and talk all things basketball. All right. What's up, everyone? We are incredibly honored to be able to have a, a friend of mine, a longtime colleague uh, and fellow hobbyist in an incredibly beautiful light blue Pikachu <laughs> button down and with a nice, nice little beard going on. I'm trying to get like you over here, Buster. Um, and Lou is rocking as well. Yeah, uh, I'm doing my best. Yeah, you know, we all try. Um, but I, uh, Buster, we've known each other probably four or five years now, like Crazy. a little bit through the mix, which is insane. Yes. And, uh, you know, out, something what was interesting, what we talked about with um, Adam Lefko, which reminds me a lot about you and when I think about just the moves you've made over those years is like kind of the constant reinvention, the kind of constant continue to push the envelope, show up where the attention is going and understand how things move fast and move fast with them. Um, uh, you, I'll, I'll let you go into it a little bit yourself, but early on you started a basketball community on social starting with Instagram to my understanding and then moved across different platforms um, as well as then in the last kind of, I think two years similar, like with myself, I've gotten into the hobby and it really has played well Took started hoops nation. And then was it cards nation? Or I'll let you go into that, but just something that I've admired. Um, I don't want to say young kid, but someone that pretty much bucked the trend of like, you got to go through the classic path of high school, then college, then get a job and was like, you know what? I think I'm good at what I like and I'm going to go all in on that. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been an honor to be able to hang with you and draw inspiration from your, I'm just going to do it myself attitude. So I'd love for you to talk just for a second about what you've been building, what you've been up to. And, uh, and then we'll get into some card chatter. Oh man, I appreciate that. Um, Ryan, Lou, Tyler, appreciate you guys having me first and foremost. And it is insane that it's been five years. So that, that all started um, because I interned at Vayner when I was 16, um, which is unreal as part of Vayner talent. Um, so that, that's how that began. But I started a, a fantasy basketball page on Facebook when I was 14 just started blogging about, you know, what players I thought were good pickups in fantasy sports because everybody cared about fantasy football and I didn't. Um, I only liked basketball, so I just went down that path, gained no followers in two years of doing it, but eventually um, decided to broaden that a little bit and do all NBA. So I started a media brand called All NBA All Day, started doing exactly, you know, what the name says and talking about NBA at all levels and videos and memes and started learning how to video edit and stuff like that. And then around that same time, I moved from New York to Connecticut. And I always thought it was going to be a play-by-play broadcaster growing up. And my high school, they had a radio station, a local radio station. So I was able to broadcast 
JV girls field hockey. And at that point, I thought I had made it. I was broadcasting local high school <laughs> JV field hockey, and I was the happiest dude on the planet. Um, so I started doing that. And around the same time, I tried out for my JV uh, boys basketball team because I played at the previous high school I was at, which is 80 kids per grade. The new high school is 500. I knew it was going to be a little bit harder. I didn't make the team as a sophomore. I did not that summer grow seven inches, come back and put up 20 points per game. I went the opposite direction. I started calling the games. Um, and that that ended up working out well. My, my junior year, I won best in the country for, you know, play-by-play broadcast or whatever the heck the award was. But um, not that there was very much competition for that, but it, it did <laughs> open some doors. Um, and, you know, around that same time, I started Hoops Nation, um, which, you know, was the next generation of the previous basketball that I had done. Started on Facebook, built it to like 600K on Facebook with viral videos and editing things on iMovie myself and putting beat drops over the right places on videos and then took it to Instagram and then, you know, other platforms and TikTok, which is crazy that it's four times bigger than any other platform. But it is what it is. You can't always predict things and you just got to yeah, yeah. roll with it. Um, but, yeah, through through all that, broadcasted for the NBA now, have, you know, done a bunch of different stuff. Have my podcast, which is four times a week, launched subsidiary media outlets, Cards Nation, Underneath Hoops Nation, Travel Nation. You know, I have a full team who's running Hoops Nation for me now. Um, and yeah, launched, launched, uh, you know, launching a bunch of new businesses, helping other people build theirs and yeah, just having fun along the way. But Tyler, like you said, you know, re how I look at, you know, just passively reinventing myself or anybody reinventing their self. All that means is just following what you're passionate about now. Um, and that's mm-hmm. the best way to keep yourself on like fire is just doing whatever you're super excited about that week, month, year. And that's how that's how I've always felt, and that's how I've always gone about it. Um, so yeah, that's Hell a little, yeah. little context on me. Thank you guys. Love that. Now let's go right into this. You were down in Dallas this past weekend. We talked for two seconds before you said it was kind of the biggest show you've been at. Tell me just quick synopsis of your experience. What was that scene like? The vibes were amazing. I wish I was there longer. I flew in in the morning and flew out in the afternoon, but it was so cool. The amount of kids. And, you know, grandfathers in there. Like, there was a lot of people and a lot of people from a lot of different – people without social media, you know. And that's one of the reasons why I think mm-hmm. shows are so important because you get the old heads who aren't wheeling and dealing in the DMs, you know, who have product that you didn't even know existed. Uh, that have no idea old. about the BGS fake slab scandal. Anything. <laughs> they have no idea anything. But yeah. they love it's their the majority of people, food. actually. We get confused. You know, we get, we think the whole world actually lives like in constant consumption Mm -hmm. and not the truth. So that's one of the cool things that I picked up on from the Dallas show is just how many people, you know, who have probably more product than a lot of the people, like you said, on social are there right in front of you. You can talk to them. They're real people. And uh, that was really cool. Yeah. So Buster, when did, uh, you said you started Cards Nation under uh, Hoops Nation. So like when exactly did, how long have you been in, in the card game? I was buying and selling in 2014. I bought Giannis Prism rookies for a dollar. I traded Giannis RPAs for Kyrie autos. Like I've been on both sides, like 
I literally had gold standard Giannis RPAs for days and gave them away for second year Kyrie autos. <laughs> what? It is what it is. It yeah. is what, the only reason, by the way, that I bought Giannis Prism rookie cards for a dollar was because I thought it was funny how long his last name was and how it stretched <laughs> around the jersey. There was no scouting skill. There was nothing. I thought it was cool how it stretched around the, the, you know, yep. the back of his jersey. Um but yeah, so I've been in it since 2014, uh, took probably four years off in between 15 and 19, got back into it last summer, and man, it's better than ever, obviously. Hell yeah. What's your favorite product? Prism. Oh, it's got to be. In terms of modern stuff, it's got to be yeah. Prism. But I mean, beyond that, I like the random and rare stuff in terms of basketball cards. But yeah. my collecting goes, well, you know... It goes a little all over the place. Yeah. How do you feel about basketball in terms of whole, like the whole, you've, you've been so close to the sport for many, 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 many years. Where we're at right now in terms of COVID, the trades, last night, craziness happening, people go to the Bucks, um, kind of this new age of like entertainment and you're either like, stacking the chips and going for a championship or like you're irrelevant and the card market like how do you how do you sum up the the, the current state of the league are you excited about it what, what what would you just give me a synopsis in your world of seeing all that you've seen of where it stands this morning yeah so the league in a really really interesting place i'll answer it both on the league side and then how that you know impacts the card side on the league side, the NBA is going to be doing better than ever. They, people say that they're struggling from a viewership standpoint, and that's only because they're in a transition phase to going, you know, much more direct via online sales and league pass and selling portions of games and eventually virtual reality, which they're not that far from, you know, mm -hmm. allowing people to start wa watching things through different mediums and being able to interact with the video on their computer and, and phones and things like that. So they are in an incredible place, not to mention how far and away ahead of every other professional sports league they are when it comes to how much uh, influence their players have, how much following their players have. Um, and, you know, some of, you know, what these players are doing off the court or off yeah. the field or off, you know, everything yeah. of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. so that, and that all play like the NBA during the bubble set all time records for YouTube views, for yeah. uh, live views, for social media, uh, clip views on in every category. And that's not even counting the people like myself and, you know, uh, random people who are posting those things too and the mm -hmm. nba's unique standpoint on people like me which is unless you're directly conflicting with your live tv viewership you're helping us other leagues feel the opposite um so that is in my opinion is why the NBA is so far and away ahead in terms of how some of those things affect cards obviously the influence and the likability and the knowledge of players in the nba because there are fewer players on a team and they're so much bigger in terms of their audience plays so beautifully into cards because you know if if lebron has 60 million followers more people are going to want his card it's just, yeah. you know, the more eyeballs there are somebody, the more people want to have something to do with it, especially when the NBA really, really protects their players and keep their images, you know, amazing. And they are all obviously really, really amazing guys. But 
um, you know, they all, all look really good in the public eye too. And that helps with, with cards. Yeah. Now Buster, we, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday and, uh, it got brought up at Dallas and it was a very interesting question. It's something I want to bring up to you since it sounds like you do mostly basketball. Somebody mentioned basketball runs the card market, right? When basketball's flowing, basketball players are, you know, cards are going up with basketball. It seems like a lot of the hobby is moving. Uh, other things are doing well, but when money slows down in the basketball market, cards depreciate, they're not as hot. It seems like some of the other market, the other markets slow down as well. Do you do you find that to be true? Do you think basketball runs most of the card market? You know, I'm in three markets. I'm in the basketball market, I'm in the Pokemon market, and I'm in the presidential memorabilia and autograph market. And those three could not be more different from one another. The president market is all people with a lot of money and they could care less about profiting and it's more of a collection thing, but they generally appreciate um, the Pokemon market is, you know, probably the nicest people I've ever met <laughs> in my entire life. Um, and everybody is just happy with the nostalgia factor of it. And things go all over the place. It's a roller coaster right now, obviously. Um, but generally, obviously, in the last year, I've appreciated tremendously. And then basketball is is the biggest just because of how many people are in it and can be in it because the populations of cards are so high. You have 15,000 PSA 10s of 25 guys, you know, it's, it's, we're talking hundreds of thousands of graded cards. Um, you know, so that, that's been, been really, really insane to see uh, in terms of whether basketball runs all those markets. I can't think of an instance where basketball was hot. Other things weren't, um, mm-hmm. Although some natural things to take into account are an off season, basketball is generally going to basketball dipped after the bubble. Pokemon only got hotter. You know, you know, these things do happen. Obviously like Logan Paul breaking a $300,000 first edition base set box is going to help. You know, if LeBron started breaking national treasures on Instagram live, I'm sure that would help the basketball market. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's, it's all a matter of little, little things that more so than to me, the bigger marketer this season as a whole um, people with influence who are, you know, saying what to do and not do, but the off season obviously is a huge impact. I was just thinking about the way you just explained that, right. Where there's like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of graded cards in basketball. And I think something that happens with us a lot, as we think about how realistic is it that Luca can be two K a two grand when there's 18,000 of his tens or whatever. I don't know what the number is. I was trying to look it up, but when you think about it as basketball as the entry point for a lot of people into the market because basketball is so popular, I think those high populations can sustain ish over time if it's going to be the entry, if it's going to be the way that people get into cards and the way they stay in cards and stay active. You know, it's something I thought about just now. Well, I think that the market and the people who are interested in it is only getting bigger. I mean, you guys know everybody you talk to ends up getting into cards. They end up putting their money into cards. They end up collecting cards. The prism, I don't think they're going to make more prism. I don't think they're going to be 20. I don't think they're going to be 50,000 PSA 10 lamello balls, but I do think there are going to be more people 50,000 PSA 10 lamellos. I think 50,000 is a little aggressive, but like 
25 seems pretty on the table to me. 25, 30. But I don't do you, do you feel that people are going to be submitting them? Yes. A million percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh. I mean, yeah. they're making way. There will be people that five day them or two day them at like $200 a card to be first to market. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Couldn't be more sure. At, at the same level that people have and are submitting Lucas. It's different yeah, it's because the market close. wasn't where we are now yeah. with Luca. The, the market. Yeah, continues yeah, to people are submitting. People are buying 25 to 30. People were buying 25 to 30 raw Lucas and submitting them. People are going to be submitting Lamellos like it's their job. A hundred percent. Prism basketball is the staple product in sports cards. And it's also just the math because, like, think about how much think about how much Prism there is this year, right? Like, how many Zions are there, right? How much more popular is basketball today than it was a year ago when they were getting ready to print twenty nineteen Prism? Right. It's exponentially more popular. The sport so, or the or the hobby? Both. Uh, this the hobby. So my question now is, if let's say there are going to be 25,000 PSA 10 Lamello balls, the hobby and the people in the hobby would have to grow, or the money in the hobby, more importantly, would have to grow at that percentage increase for it to still, you know, be viable. It also, it also makes and the player Luka, has to work out too. It also is better for, if you're holding Luca, and there ends up being a pop report of 20 grand PSA 10 Lamello balls, that's good for Luca. There's already right? almost more Zion's right? in there. Because I mean, that's is. always been the argument with why LeBron and or Giannis stuff is safer is the the yeah. the overall print is much less than anybody modern. So comparing Luca to LeBron or Luca to Giannis isn't fair because I think LeBron has less than like 3000 PSA nine and 10 top scrum refractors. And Luca's got twice that in PSA 10 silvers. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I just, I know they're not comparable in terms of like print. So if you look up Luca, uh, Lou, if you've, if you've got it up, I'd be curious to know Luca nines and tens for prism from PSA and then how that compares to LeBron tops, Chrome refractors, nine and tens from PSA. They're just not comparable. There's just a lot more. So Luca and LaMelo will be comparable. Zion and LaMelo might be comparable, but like five, six years ago with like when Buster first got in and you know, Giannis prisms were a dollar the market, like not everybody was grading PSA tens. I mean, I remember back in the day when PSA tens and BGS nine fives were comparable, right? I, BGS. I remember when, People didn't care if a card was graded or not. Yeah, <laughs> even like we talk about it all the time, but like which for the four of us here, even in a one year difference, right? Jason Tatum is considered the best. I would say considered the best player in 2017. Prism, is that fair? Yeah, is the best what 2013, 17, 18. So, uh, like what? Okay, there's 4,200 Jason Tatum's, and there's 14,000 Lucas. Like, just think about that. In one year difference. So now apply that same math to 2018 where there's 14,000. How many Zions are there going to be? How many how many jaws are there going to be? And then say, all right, cool. How many Lamellos are there going to be? Are they going to start trying to control how many they actually print? Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. That might factor also, in. Also, those numbers are going to keep going up. 100%. As more and more product gets open. Nobody Absolutely. who has any knowledge of the game is not going to get their their nice cards that they pulled graded. Yeah. 
I'm trying to pull up 2018 real quick. Absolutely. So, Ty, you kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, and I think it's something to do with Buster. Uh, yeah. What about uh, – Buster, I want to get your, your takes, and we can all kind of oh, round yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But NBA season's approaching. We're about a month away. Um, it looks like there's an uptick. You saw it at the show. It looked like there was a lot of uh, – a lot of requests for Luca and, and and Trey. So let's do name a player and and then we'll ask everybody else: Are you buying? Or are you selling that player? Yeah. Current market prices, knowing basketball's a month away, your expectations for that player: Are you buying or selling? And there, there's no hold because you're, meaning you're if you're buying it right now, you're buying it to hold it. You don't have it. If you're saying sell, that means. You have it, and you realize the market's going to start heating up, and you don't believe in in the next yeah. eight months for them. Real quick, before we jump into yeah. it, I just want to get those numbers. So LeBron refractors is 170 tens, 301 nines, um, and then for Luca, there are 1913 uh, PSA ten silvers and 1675 PSA nine silvers. Yeah, LeBron, so a fraction PSA nine refractor is a play. It's a vibe right there. It has got like a Charizard. That's it's literally got Charizard thing. populations. Right? Damn. Yo, Charizard and LeBron is like the ultimate collab. <laughs> All right, Ty. First first one. Who you got? <laughs> All right. First one, what I got is um we'll start here. LaMelo Ball. Uh I'm selling LaMelo Ball. Same. Yeah, I have still- no interest in the ball ball. I'm nervous about all these 2020 20, 20 guys, 2021, 2020, 2021. Um, just because like I there's something there's something about the um number one, the unknown of these guys. Like this he played in like some random European league for a year and a half or whatever. And like that's fine. Hang on, like that's fine. Number one. A lot of basketball conversation, there's a lot of hype built into it from what I can always see, which has pros and cons. I'm taking a step back on any of these guys just because I want to see them play before I can make a decision. I think the big thing is, is I'm not as high on a lot of the bigger guys like LaMelo, like Anthony Edwards, like those guys, because they're already so high for a college product. I think as the season goes on and a lot of these guys don't get summer league and don't get you know the playing time, you're going to see guys that nobody knows about because we didn't have March Madness step into a team. Like Buster said, these are smaller teams, right? Like if somebody doesn't go to the G League, somebody gets on a roster, you might have more opportunity early on starting the season right away. LeBron's mentioned not playing. I think there's more opportunity in some of the lesser guys, but LaMelo Ball at his current prices for college product doesn't, doesn't intrigue me. So the college prize is going crazy. I actually think this is going to be very healthy for the the state of NBA basketball cards because the unknown is going to lead to a lot of prospecting, which I think is going to lead to diversification of product that people are paying attention to. The Luca, Trey, the Zion, like the condensation of that, I think like is the reason you're seeing those those uh numbers on the PSA subs, but the fact that there might be five, six, seven, eight guys that by mid season might be the guy I think is, is healthy. Buster, you were, you were about to jump in there. And worth mentioning as well, most lottery picks don't reach, you know, multiple contracts. So just keep that in perspective as well. A lot of these guys, 
It's such a gamble. And if you're, if you're paying as if somebody's an all-star, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I also think I know for me, right? And this is potentially not potentially, it is me just being kind of like dumb and expecting things that aren't realistic. But when I think about high end picks, I would expect all star potential, all pro potential, all that stuff. Realistically, how many guys in a top fifteen taken in an NBA draft, how many of those guys actually matter? Like four yeah. years after they're drafted. Yeah. One to two usually. Yeah. You're you're praying like if you get four, you're like, holy shit, what a strong class. I mean Jackson Hayes went eight. Yeah. Rome, mean, Romeo Col- Langford went Jer- 14. Jarrett Culver, DeAndre uh-huh. Hunter. Like yep. those guys- Real quick, can we talk about can I can I do mine? Because I I know I've been yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah, yeah. in the last 24 hours. All right, DeAndre Ayton by herself. Mm. So bye. Wow. It's it just go in. Go go, Buster. Give your thoughts. I, I, think, love, I, I think I think he's cheap, and you know the Phoenix Suns are making moves. I think that's an interesting thing, especially after their performance in the bubble. There are a lot more eyeballs on them and on Devin Booker and how he's able to take the next step. And I think beyond is the trickle down from that. The, the reason I brought Tyler, give me your buyer. So I don't want to talk about why I brought it up. And uh, it's a sell for me, dog. Yeah, and the reason is because of this. When I think about the game, um, I think about blue chips that are like buy and sit on, and then I think about the liquid market of you know buy and move and buy and move and pay attention. And uh, when I think about the liquid market, I'm like, who's the number one on teams that isn't blue chip? And I think Aiton now quickly is the third guy from a mass market potential on that team. Meaning like if you're just a casual fan, like you got to really like click in to be like, all right, DeAndre Aiton. Because now with Devin yeah, Booker I, is, is I think superstar. And then they got Chris Paul, who is. Yeah, the reason I brought it up was the post-game interview after every the time. Yeah, after the trade, everyone was like, yo, DeAndre Ayton cards, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, everyone calm down. Because number one, this guy's a center. We could talk about how everyone, like centers is always a thing. That's that's going to be a problem. Unless you're Deion, like Anthony Davis, who wasn't really even a true center. You were going to say DeAndre Jordan, which I was like, DeAndre Jordan was, was a, a legend. You know, yeah. I just see Ayton slamming the ball off pick and rolls nonstop. But then yeah, it's like, like 16, two years like, from now, he might be like, just a tra- another trade chip. If he was, if he went twenty two and eleven next year, that would be unbelievable, and that's like what he's been doing this whole time. So, I, uh, building off of DeAndre Ayton, I have one that I've seen an uptick in recently, and that's Cam Reddish, buying or selling. Now, mind you, I, at the show, real quick, at the show, first in perspective, I was with somebody looking at a Deon or a Cam Reddish PSA ten silver that someone had priced at four sixty, and at the time they looked it up on eBay, the last comp on a PSA ten silver was five hundred and fifty dollars. You buying or selling Cam Reddish? I haven't seen enough basketball to be able to justify those prices. So I'm selling. I'm I'm going to buy and I'm going to say, I'm not going to buy silvers, but the base PSA 10 can be had right now at $140. And in a, in a different world, that's a lot of money, 
But where we are now, I feel like any player who gets interesting or hot at all, their cards can go. I can see that being a three hundred fifty dollars card in season quickly next year. You have to quick so, flip that though. Yeah, but we're talking about buying it for the season and selling it in season. Fair. Real quick, camera is two hundred twenty silver tens. 989 base tens. I think the silver is a little bit of a higher low, entry point. Pretty low so that's tough. Yeah, it's also he's he was probably one of the least submitted guys out of the group, right? I feel like everyone was probably taking their jaws and their and their uh Zion's and sending them in. But Cam at 989 PSA tens as a quick flip is seems pretty interesting. The one thing I think so, about Cam is the same thing I think about with DeAndre Aiden, though. There's a superstar on that team. There's somebody that's going to be shooting the ball a lot more than others. There's somebody that's getting a lot more attention when they win than others. I just, there's one ball. Trey Young's going to be shooting the ball 30 times a game. What, what, how many shots is Cam Reddish getting? I just, I have a hard time buying the second or third best player on a team. I know there's, you know, six man, most improved things like that. I just, I, I, I'd rather buy the superstar if we're buying if we're yep. betting on somebody to be a team to be good. I'm buying yeah. the superstar, not as I much agree. as Cam Reddish. Um, I agree with that. So, uh, R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish? R.J. Barrett. Yes, right, so, and, and and the thing is, like Atlanta's over under last season was 32 wins. I just don't for if I'm going to spend time buying something, selling something. I want them to be on a winning, like on a team that is going to matter. You know, like Devin Booker is one guy, but they're like trying to get out of that. If they suck again this year, he either has to go or he's just going to take mega contracts from there. But like people are going to not care that much. Like you have to win. That's why the Nuggets, that's why I think Jamal Murray is super interesting to me. Um, because you can only be bad for so long to be able to stop caring. Like the that's Hawks the Knicks total. right now. Like RJ Barrett doesn't even get talked about in the league because the Knicks are just and they're New York, they're Madison Square Garden. RJ but will matter for a while I though because he is in for the, me. Cam Reddish is like not the number one guy. I think the I thing know. that matters with RJ though is like you said, he is in New York and he's always going to be linked to Zion and Jaw because he was picked right behind him. So I think. Z- uh, I like RJ a little bit more in that aspect, just being so close to Zion and Joy. He was the three pick. He could have been one, you know, another year. I just, I'd, I'd rather take a chance on somebody in a New York market that had, doesn't have a superstar already on that team looking for somebody to be the star. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, in a, in a, you'd take RJ over Cam, but when you look across the league, RJ wouldn't even get talked about. So it's like, I'm always playing, but yes, we're asking buy and sell off of one guy, but in a, world of I'm selling unless it's by across the landscape. RJ's cheap. RJ oh, is a cheap, cheap top pick. Yeah. I just don't think you can you can buy his cards unless you believe that the Knicks are going to build something that matters. Otherwise, they're going to continue to be a laughing stock. And no matter how good he plays, they're just going to keep losing and people are going to be pissed. Or he's going to end up somewhere else because his game's going to take him there. All right, Buster. Do you uh, do, yeah. you, uh, Trey, do you have anyone on your Trey mind? Young? Trey Young at current prices. Are you guys buying or selling? Trey was one of the hottest people at the show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I for me, it's a buy, and I think it's hard to make the argument for Trey Young if you're going to be anti 
reddish as well, but yeah. I'm ready to hear it. Uh, no, I think Trey is, when I think about young kids, I think Trey is a face of the league guy and it's a buy. I think I'm, I'm thing- sitting on a couple, but like I think he's like a guy that people want to get behind across the league, no matter what. Um, and he shoots the three, which is like the coolest thing now. You know, I think about pickup basketball. If you play pickup basketball, you know that nowadays on the blacktop, people just chuck like absurd. And it's because of like Trey Young, you know, it's really because of Steph, but all these guys and Trey is like the face of that. Now, you know, Steph is like gone over the hill a little bit. I think he's going to come back huge, but Trey is a face of the league type guy uh, because he dominates in where the league is going. So I'm a buy on Trey. I think Trey is a buy for the simple fact that people see the prices of Luca and they're always going to be compared to each other. They were traded for each other. They're in the same draft class. People are comparing those two and the prices are not close. A Luca nine is still more money than a Trey silver 10. So a Luca PSA nine silver, I think it's like 2750, 2850, somewhere in there. And Trey's were at day one of the show. We're right around 22, 2300 on eBay that to the market sees that and it's like, Hey, you could buy four Trey silvers for the price of one Luca silver or pretty close to it as a 10, which would you rather have going into the season? Would you rather have one Luca 10 silver or four Trey silvers? I think all of us would probably say the trays. And I think the market sees that there's a discrepancy there. So if you're asking me which one I expect to rise between now and the start of the season, I'm, I'm definitely t- taking Trey. I, I think Trey has a lot of room to go up. Yeah, I'm the same. I've, I've done it. <laughs> I have a weird feeling that the Mavs are going to underwhelm this year. Because, I mean, Porzingis is, Porzingis is out. Yeah, he's not going to start right. the season. Which they had a lot of – yeah. Um, and they had a lot of close losses. Most people then compute that into, okay, well, then they're going to start winning. But what if they start losing? It's 50-50, as they always say. You know? <sighs> okay. All right. Parting Thank words. You, parting words. What are you most excited about as we wrap the next six weeks of 2020? What is on Buster's mind. On my mind? Oh, it's yep. uh there are too many things to uh to to name, but like I opened this off with just following whatever I'm passionate about week by week, whether that's you know, Lou and I were talking before we came on buying Jimmy Carter autos, got you know, always got one nearby. Um <laughs> Literally, they're just they're just everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, doing you know, following things in the collectible space and I'm passionate about like that. Uh, doing podcast shows and having fun with the people I love. That's it, always. Hell yeah, love that. That's love a good that. way to end it. Now, before we move on to the latest launch and we get into our upcoming releases for this week, as it is a big release for for product, we want to at least point out. That next week's episode is going to be a full-length Q&A. Nothing but Q&A. It's going to be a, a big release week. And a lot of people will be listening uh, 
around the holiday season, maybe doing some driving. So we wanted to give our listeners an opportunity to submit questions. So again, as always, guys, if you have questions for the show, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. It's at cardtalkpod or send us an email, cardtalkpod at gmail.com. So our latest launch for this week is going to be highlighted by a couple major products, one on the basketball side and then one on the uh, the hockey side, actually. Love so, that. Before we get into it, I, I want to uh, just put this on record. I think the Upper Deck Golf uh, product is going to be huge. Golf fans, one, golf is exploding. Biggest year it's had, like, the, the stats in terms of people buying equipment, people playing rounds. Um the Masters this past weekend, and then it's going to be right back into the Masters. I think uh, the mental health, there's so many factors that have gone into this golf explosion and kind of, you know, modern day male culture. Uh, it's also the biggest growing segment with DraftKings, to my understanding. But it's just all factors dudes being dudes, degenerates being degenerates, gambling. Golf is naturally a gambling thing. I think the golf product will be really good. And also there's so much young talent that doesn't have like true rookies. So implementing that in that space, I think uh, I think there's some something there to keep an eye on. So just want to put that on wax. And shout out to Tyler for correctly picking this year's Masters winner on November 9th. Tyler has... DJ, baby. Tyler had... Uh, and we did run a contest actually. We ran a uh, a contest, if you listened to the full episode of last week, where we said, tweet us who you think you got, and you'll win a shirt. And nobody picked the man himself, <laughs> Dustin Johnson. I mean, his father-in-law is the greatest hockey player of all time. Just greatness. <laughs> What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> Confidence matters. That's true. You know? All right, that's a good take out of Ty there. All right, so this week, latest launch, Immaculate Basketball. That is definitely going to be the highlight of this week. One of the premier brands in basketball. Um, probably this, it's it's got to be top three. You're looking at Flawless, National Treasures, Immaculate, uh, in terms of like the high-end, high-end stuff. Prism's the more affordable. It's got retail, things like that, but it is a premier product. Um, but Immaculate is one of the three premier basketball brands. And uh, like National Treasures, there will be a Zion autographed logo man that will likely fetch a significant bounty from from some people. Um, w- w- there was rumors at the time that when the National Treasures Zion uh, when National Treasures basketball came out, there were multiple bounties over half a million dollars. As high as seven fifty was the reported rumor. Um, It'll be curious to see what the the bounty was or, or will be for the Zion Immaculate Logo Man autograph because I remember at the time in 1718 there was one for Tatum, uh, there was one for Luca last year in 1819. There will definitely be one this year for for Zion and maybe even Jaw. Um, so you're talking about life changing money potential in this year's product. You're gonna hit it in a break, hit it in a in a personal break or whatever it may be, but um, this this product will. Do really they have well. a. It looks like they have a new dual logo man one of one autos that are kind of cool too. The the image they have here is mm. a Steph and Trey Young dual logo man RPA. Could you imagine what Not that RPA, was over? Patch auto. Yeah, that's crazy. 
A Steph Trey Young one of one dual auto is nuts. Dual patch auto is nuts. Yeah, that would be pretty fire. So yeah, this will be this will be big. And again, I'm not sure exactly what they'll sell for, but I'm pretty sure the Zion or National Treasures rookie patch autos are like they started out over a hundred grand. I'm sure they're not that high anymore, but what sixty five, seventy thousand dollars? The Immaculate's not going to sell as well for sure, but is this a? I mean, it's a it's a five figure card. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So, I mean, we'll we'll see, but it sounds like these could have you know ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars potential. Not sure. Oh, I guess we'll see where the market is, but um, definitely some big potential there. And then, Upper Deck Series One Hockey, twenty 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 one, which will have Alexis Lafreniere. Um, a lot of the hockey guys I know are are all over this guy. Um, I, I've seen some good reports on, on this kid being a star. Ended up in New York with the number one pick. Uh, he is a Ranger. They've got young talent after having the two pick last year. Um, he's going to be a rookie in this. It appears he's got his Rangers gear on skating, which was the big conversation was, are they going to get him in a Rangers jersey with no ice time since the draft? Um, and it looks like they have. And this, this if this kid's going to be anything like the people they're comparing him to, uh, th- this product will open up the really open up the year for hockey and has has yeah overall they're saying the class is strong and obviously him being in New York I think helps a lot I've heard a lot about the one and two pick because the two pick went to the Kings I think yeah um, Quentin Byfield I think is yep. hockey guys in this podcast yep and that we're just L A just re- it's just research I'm not don't I'm not a hockey hockey guy. podcast yes. t- 2013 Tyler um. <laughs> But uh, I think they the Kings actually I think got have a couple young studs coming up. Um, but in general, and the Rangers are loaded with young talent too. Everyone that I talked to is like that are is Rangers fan. Like we have a real that's team exciting. again. Um, so that's, playoff football that's comes cool. out too, right? Right. Yeah. Playoff football. Yeah, like um, contenders auto. Like this playoff video. contenders autos are a big deal. Playoff isn't out it says yet. Eleven twenty. Nope. It's not on the release That's calendar. Cardboard. Unless th- that might be. So this might be a Panini exclusive release where they release direct Panini to consumer, and it's box. not something. Yeah, it's not something I get. Uh, uh, we have access to, so it might be a direct to consumer. Yeah, I'm release. looking at it. They got it's like the playoff contenders and all that stuff. So is it on Panini's website? Uh, cardboard connection. Let's look. Let's check Panini's website. Um. Yeah. So I think impeccable will be a big breaker product. You have? Are you getting some, Ray? I'm sorry, immaculate. Immaculate. Yes, we've sold. We've pre-sold yeah. a little bit of it. So what are the break spots you really go for? Um, boxes. My my understanding, boxes right now, like a case is around like thirteen thousand for five boxes. So just over twelve five a bo- uh, two five uh, two point five a box. Cool. So you're looking at now, mind you, that's like eight cards. Twenty seven hundred a box. Those are eight blowout. card. I think seven or eight card boxes. Twenty seven hundred dollar box on blowout. That's crazy. Yeah, it's twenty. Yeah. So six cards a box is what it is. Six cards a box, and blowout's got them for what twenty seven hundred. That's four hundred fifty dollars a card. And one of them won't be an autograph or a jersey. So if you talk about five, it'll be cardboard. It'll be like a base. So if you don't hit LeBron, let's say your base card is, you know, Kelly Ugh. Oubre, 
That means that means you recently traded Kelly. Recently Oubre. traded Kelly Oubre. That means you got twenty seven hundred dollars realistically in five cards because nobody's buying Kelly Oubre. You're looking at five hundred and forty dollars a hit. Yes, crazy. And that is why breaks yeah, do tough. so well. Um. Yeah. And then uh, Leaf Ultimate Draft Baseball Super Break Heavy Hitters Football Yu Gi Oh Spirit Charmers Structure Deck, uh, and this is Pokemon uh, TCG or Beetle V. And I'm, I don't know much about that. I'm not sure if Tyler Blue do. And then Fortnite Series 2 Ty trading guy. cards come out Friday. Let's go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. But I don't know. Is it, what is it? Skins from no, it's, Chapter uh, 2? It's like Season 8, Season 9, Season 10, and Chapter 2. I'm sitting on that sealed season, Series 1 wax. <laughs> Feeling good about it. Uh. Also to note, uh, Mike Tyson's fight is coming up soon, uh, and I bring it up because I made a nice Tyson sale this past week. Um, also, MMA starting to heat up. I think that's something I'm going to start looking into is is some MMA product. Uh, someone was showing me like a Joe Rogan card where he's got hair on. He's got hair. He has hair. hair on. He's got hair. Uh, it's like his early, I don't know, an early card that he did through UFC. Um, but I definitely want some Israel Adesanya. You guys, you guys will appreciate this before we get off here. Um, I'll probably have posted this by then. But I ended up making a trade this weekend for a Dwayne The Rock Johnson PSA 10 rookie card. Which one? The Bumblebee? The Bumblebee. It's a Pop 30. It's a beautiful card. It is. Card. It's a Pop 30. The last sale on eBay was nine, was nine grand. And the rumor was mm-hmm. that there was an auction sale with a higher one. Um, but... I traded a Luca and a, an Mbappe for it. Neither one was serial numbered. And I'll, I'll make that trade 10 times out of 10. And I feel really good with owning that card. I mean, if he. Luca based PSA 10 Mbappe uh, World Luke, Cup. Luca was a silver at about 8,400. Okay. And uh, Mbappe mm-hmm. 10 was about 650, <clears throat> which was about mm-hmm. 9,000 for 9,000. Interesting. Hell yeah. I just. A pop 30 of. Oh, it's the beautiful. Rock. He might be a president. Exactly. That's what they talked about is if he ever runs. I mean, you just don't ever see him. There's only 30 of them in existence. I feel good about owning that card and making that trade. Crazy. Yeah. Gary's got a couple of those up his sleeve, right, Lou? Maybe. And then there's the other one, the, the yeah, wrestling, the wrestling one, one, right? one is a cool one. 97 Cardinal. That's a really good one. Guess I got to get that to pair with, with the Yeah, it looks so yellow, ugly. It's yellow like a mustard border. yellow. It's so dope. I love them so much. Yeah, it's like Yeah. All right, guys, that is all we have for this week's episode. Again, please feel free to submit your questions on Instagram or Twitter at Card Talk Pod, and we will see you next week for that episode. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen, and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com, and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.